This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The project tractor beam is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, on this November 22nd, 2005. My name is Sebastian, and I'm joined by my friend Brian tonight. How are you, Brian, tonight? I'm very good, Sebastian. Is tonight your you? last name? What? I said, like, Brian tonight. Is tonight your last name? No, it's not. That was sort of a joke. I kind of missed it. Yeah. You didn't follow through there, you know? All right. So, um... I wanted to say that first and foremost, uh, we might have some server tr- troubles tonight. Uh, there are being some uh, updates right now on the Star Wars on Direct servers. So if you hear us cut out or something, don't worry. Of course, is going to be on the podcast. And uh, we'll be right back, though. We'll be we'll be right back unless there's like some major server crash. Then you'll just have to wait for the podcast to come out. And you know, well, it only takes like a day. That's it. Thank you, thank you very much, Danny, for doing such a great work. Alright, so tonight, our main subject is going to be Fierce Warriors Mandalorians. I don't know, I was just just sitting in my bed on Sunday and I'm like, 
did we ever do a show on Mandalorians? We've got to do a show on Mandalorians. And basically, we're doing a show on Mandalorians. Uh, of course, we're going to have our usual uh, segments, the polls, the collecting news, the fine audio release, and the community update. Right now, Brian's going to tell you how you, yes, you, at home, can contact us. You can reach us by email at studio at swndirect.com. You can get our Star Wars on Direct newsletter, our chat, our web, watch us on the beautiful webcam. Um, w- listen to us live, 7 p.m. Tuesdays, which is right now, I guess. Um, you can check out our blog. You can get, our, get to our new Star Wars on Direct message board all at the main site, which is www.swendirect.com. You can also reach us by MSN Messenger at swendirect at hotmail.com. And that's pretty much it. Yes. Of course, we want to warn you that our sound card may crash during the show at any given time. Uh, we are at the mercy of technology in this wonderful show. Yes. Today I saw one of those big boards that they use in community radios and all that. They're pretty cool. We can we could we could probably get one for and I looked at it and I I probably could get it like for a fairly cheap price. And I think it's just too much for me right now. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that after the show. That's right. Well, you know what else we're going to be talking about today? Uh, I want to put that in my word of the producer. Um, I'm still a member of, of course, the uh, Radio Evolution crew. For those of you who remember, that's the guys, the guys of Jedi Talk and Gamers Taverns and all that. And uh, tonight, yes, tonight, we will be talking to none other than Darian from Jedi Talk, a.k.a. Victor. Uh, he's going to be on the show about his new project in thebloodonline.com, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we're going to keep you up to date with all of that little project stuff. So, Brian, tell me, this weekend... Did you actually manage to go see Harry Potter 4? Um, yes, I did. I went to get my tickets on Thursday morning, as soon as, pretty much as soon as the uh, ticket booth opened. And um, they had two showings. The IMAX was sold out, and they had a regular viewing. Okay. So I wanted to get the IMAX, but we were checking on movie tickets, and it was gone. So I got there the next one. I got the regular seating, and I got it for like, like 12.05. And then when I got to the theater at night, they had four more additional theaters open. That's how well they were selling they canceled showings of other movies to put on Harry Potter. At I know. It, it's scary. And the scary part is that we even we didn't even actually get some tickets. The the the, the Sitlan crew. Some of us actually went to Marché Central around eleven o'clock, and uh, it was still packed. Oh yeah, it was packed. I think and they got, I got the scared. highest weekend grossing this year. It was like a hundred and ten million, surpassed Revenge of the Sith. I did it because on uh, Revenge is hundred eight million. Bec- actually, when I checked on that, it's 101 million, and okay, Revenge is 108. Oh, so there. we're still on top. Okay, that's we're still on top. That was their first week. That scared me. That scared me because I went on Box Office Mojo on Sunday night, and I checked, and I'm like, "Yes, we're still on top. Take that, you Harry Potter." <laughs> yeah, but Star Wars also had an extra day because they cheated. They came no, they didn't. No, Sunday doesn't count. <laughs> okay, then it never does. And Sunday is a much better movie for for like kids. I I, like I, I did you I liked it. Did you like it? it was I didn't a, dislike it, but it was long. I didn't like it. It, it felt was, long. It felt like uh, I was sitting in there for sad, about five sad, hours. Uh, you know what? I would have preferred if five hours. There's a lot of stuff they didn't. Yeah, I you know. You have no idea. I know. I've got you no, have no idea. I know. I've got no idea at all. And the funny thing is that, um, you know, there's there's some stuff I've heard. 
And oh, say it. Like for instance, that uh, there's a big love story between Cho Chan, the, the 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 Asian girl that you see in the movie for like two scenes, and Harry Potter. Well, there isn't a love affair. There's but like no, there's a love attra- story. Yeah. There's a love story develop- development and stuff like that. It, but it you happens more in the fifth book. But you actually don't see anything in in that movie. And you see more Harry Hermione. Yeah, that's it, Harry and Hermione. I'm like, I'm like, Hermi- what? Wait, 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 wait. Adrian's gonna get mad at me. It's Hermione. Hermione. Okay. Yes, Hermione. So Harry and Hermione. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And because you know you've always pictured Hermione with Ron, and exactly. there's like the bil- the big ball scene and all that exactly. that occurs, and that let you know that they're probably well, going to end up in, together. In the book, oh, they do. In in the book, thank you for spoiling us. Uh, screw you. Was that my? Yes, it's you. Whoa, okay. Every time you keep you hit you hit the uh, that was cable. that was the hard it's drive. It's my hard drive. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so if it skipped at those points, you know what it is. Okay, the pod- people listening to the podcast. That's it. It's fashion hitting it, hitting the table, and it's my my thingy like dropping all that. All right. Um, I, I I thought it was good, not as good as the third one, which I really liked. Uh, and the third one's also my favorite book. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, there were some things I didn't like that they changed. I um I love the dragons. And I want to make, like, three Star Wars references to that movie. First of all, I sat through the entire credits, mm-hmm. and I was I was jumping on my seat when I realized that one of the conceptual art- artists for that movie was Ian McKaig. That's awesome. Who, who's a Star Wars artist for the entire Star Wars trilogy, like the, the, the prelogy and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ILM did a lot of special effects in there. And I saw, I, I saw their name coming up on the screen. I'm like, cool. And there's about, like, ten special effects houses in that movie, which surpasses the day after tomorrow. Yeah, there are a lot. That's <laughs> incredible. And unlike day after tomorrow, they all did a great job. Yeah. So congratulations. Um, and of course, Warwick Davis, Wicket, uh, Professor Flitwick, is there. Yeah, he, he's barely in it. Yeah, but you can see he's the tall, he's the small guy, and you, you just don't realize it. But then at the end, you're like Warwick Davis. Yeah, what? Like, cool. Like, okay, Gary Oldman's <laughs> in it. He has one scene. You don't even see his face. He's in the fire. Well, you can pretty much recognize There's his face. There's so much more in the book of Sirius. He's my favorite character yeah. in the book. So but you barely see him. Th- there's a crow that like actually lands on the the, the window of Harry's room. Is, isn't that serious as well? No, he transforms into a dog. Okay, I thought you know. No, he might. No, with the years. Um. So yeah, that and the last one is. The costume that the Bulgarian crew wears. Oh, it's awesome. Victor Krom at the ball in his red suit. I'm sorry, that screams either Soontir or Jagged Fell to me. Oh yeah, he dies. He's, he's, he's like, he's like. If they ever actually do a a, a Jagged Fell on the TV show, I want them to take that guy with or, that or, suit or, or because. Or Soontir fell. Or Soontir, but yeah, young Soontir. But that was that was so, so 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 imperial. And the the entrance and all that it, it's it's very well done. All right, but enough Harry Potter. This is a Star Wars show after all. And uh, Brian, it's going to be up to you because we're going straight into the pulse. Master Fisto, trust your insight. We do. Welcome to the uh, Pulse for this uh, 22nd of November, 2005. I'm going to start first with the Galaxy's News, since there's more this week than 
regular news. Um, it's official that the Star Wars Galaxy Star Wars kit has been announced, although uh, Sony uh, Online Entertainment has denied it. For s- denied saying, oh, is Knights of the Old Republic starter set? Blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to retail for uh, $19.99. So all those who plunked down for each expansion and the game for what, what was it, like 60 bucks a piece for each expansion? Yeah. Now you can get it for 20 bucks, And you get an, X, an, an exclusive X-Wing or TIE Fighter. Very Isn't cool. that great? Um, it's coming out today. And it comes with a free month of playtime. A uh, poll on GameSpot said that 59% of players have cancelled their account along with new changes to the game, um, while 7% say they like the new changes. Uh, the rank of the game has gone from a 7.1 to a 2.9 in, one, in the last week. Ouch. So, um, with the current decrease of players on the servers, players only think that the game will only last about two more months. Sony Online denies that they will be released for the PS3. Uh, but two weeks ago, it was found that the PlayStation on the PlayStation 3 website with a tag in development. And um, it was later, two weeks ago, we stated that the uh, community developer Tiggs was fired from Sony Online Entertainment. And last week, she started her live own live journal, and it can be found at uh, livejournal.com slash users uh, slash Lady Tiggs. She states that she cannot tell anyone why she was fired due to the fact that she's under a NDA from the company. It smells... Sounds a little fishy. Smells bad. Like rotten fish. I agree. I mean... It just sounds yeah, bad. I have a bad feeling about yeah, this. Yes, too. <laughs> um, on Wednesday, there was a House of Commons chat with developers of Star Wars Galaxies. A chat log can be found at this um, URL that I'm going to post into the chat. And uh, finally... On the BBC, we'll be running a story about poor customer service, and Sony Online Entertainment will be their example. You know, on this that show... That is hilarious. Y- y- you know, on this show, um, it happened a lot in the past that we robbed off some like good people in the wrong way, and then we've been cast off ever since because of that. Yeah. I don't want to do it again, but... Come on! You know what? They ruined Star Wars! I really think one of our listeners, Ecaster, should post his desktop in the chat room. Yes. The link to his desktop in the chat room. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It's from our our listeners. Yeah, exactly. They don't represent us. We don't agree necessarily with what they think. And, like, I think that's a little bit, like, very, like... Harsh? Harsh. But, A... Yeah, Someone's got to take the falls, and it happened to be that guy. So uh, I'd just like to thank Castro, uh, our listener, for gathering the news for us. Thank you very much. Um, now, on to our other news. Um, it's just one, because Star Wars has taken a bit of a dive in the news other than collecting. I'm sure Sebastian will fill you in all about the collecting news. Oh, yes, I will. Uh, there's been a lot of developments, but in the other terms of stuff... There has been much, except that Dark Lord has been released today. Star Wars Dark Lord, that it is the sequel to Revenge of the Sith, has been released today in hardcover. And you can read an excerpt at this webpage. So, 
check it, go read it uh, after the show. I'm gonna put, uh, should be good. I haven't read it yet, but I'm gonna read it later. And we're gonna talk to Danny about it. Yeah, we are. Because we've got some, you know, cool stuff going on. Actually, should we call him right now? Uh, let's wait till later. Okay. And we go on with the show. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. And welcome f- to the Collecting News uh, for today, November 22nd, 2005. Remember telling me about uh, Stan Tall, a little uh, shop selling stands for your Star Wars action figures? Well, if you buy straight from them, you're going to save and you're going to get some free shipping, too. Awesome. Isn't that great? So for all of, the, uh, of you collectors out there... Or people uh, who like to make diorams. That's right, from November 27th, uh, 20th through the uh, 27th. Uh, Stentall will be offering free shipping with the above offer, which is basically uh, a 90-piece set uh, for $18. For $18. Wow, that's cheap. That's very cheap. Uh, each 90-piece set contains 10 disc platforms, 20 straight leg supports for your 12-inch figures, uh, 20 angle leg supports, is a, again, for the 12-inch, uh, 20 double-length leg, double leg supports, and 20 connectors. So, you're going to... That's a lot of shit. That that's that's a lot of good, good stuff to go. So it's like a th- it's like an American Thanksgiving sale, basically. That's right. So for more information, uh, you can always uh, stop by their eBay store or Galactic Hunter. And if of course, if you want to buy from them, you can always uh, email them re- directly at stentaldisplay at yahoo.com. Um, y- we've heard we've told about the 2006 uh, releases on the French show. Uh, I don't want to go through the entire 2006 uh, releases again because mm-hmm. it's way too long for nothing at all. Uh, there's just going to be a cool, some cool packages that are g- going to be coming out from Hasbro and their teamed packages. So, you know, the Battle of Hot team and Tatooine team. And, uh, so Battle basically what they've done before. Yeah, that's right. But this time, you know, with more enthusiasm and all that. So we're going to okay. ha- have some old figures but some new as well. And in part of the new figures, there's going to be some hologram figures that are going to be coming out. There are uh, in total, 12, which are the Emperor Palpatine, Darth Maul, Queen Amidala, Darth Vader, Yoda, Count Dooku, Boba Fett, Han Solo, Rebel Trooper, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, and a Stormtrooper. No General Grievous? No General Grievous. And they are randomly assigned uh, with some of the figures that they will be coming out. Because they're going to be coming out with some like other figures. Cool. So, good luck in finding them all 12. Collect them all. You know. You gotta have them all. They're just like Pokemons. <laughs> okay then. Never thought I made that 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 list. Um, do you remember the little bust ups from Gentle Giant? Well, here they're coming back. Uh, this time around with the uh, mu- the Mosaic Cantina bust ups. So we're gonna have a series of Obi Wan Kenobi, Han Solo, Banda Baba, Greedo, Bith, and Snaggletooth, which was my first Hotmail account ever. Snaggletooth at Hotmail dot com. That that you. I still have my first Hotmail account. I I think I just let it go. 
I think it's I, I've had a bunch of Yahoo that let go. Speaking of Greta and the Mosaic Lake Cantina, Sideshow's next one-to-one scale features uh, features Rodin, the, 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 the bounty hunter, Greedo. Greedo? Greedo. And it's a very nice bust, and it, it's basically shoulders up, and it's very, very, very nice. It looks really cool. It looks very uh, lifelike. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that it's going to be just as beautiful when we actually see it from, uh, from where we are. All right. StarWarsFanWorks.com the home of Star Wars Fan Audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars Fan Audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an Internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. And welcome to the Final Due News on this November 22nd, 2005. Uh, first, I want to say that the Hyperspace AudioCast has updated. StarWars.com members only Hyperspace AudioCast series has again been updated. This time, the new audio file is a series of comments from the actors who played Senators in Revenge of the Sith. This release comes as part of the Star Wars Insider number 85 online su- supplement. Uh, Butler, Nathan Butler is finally going to uh, give us... Uh, podcast novel so we're going to be able to listen to it at work while we're working and not really concentrating on our work so that promises to be very very funny but with the success of such podcast novels as Cut Sigler's Hurtcore his own various audio drama under Razor's Edge Audio uh, Reese Nathan P. Butler has begun his work on his own first original podcast novel the new project currently entitled Echoes will not be based on Star Wars or any other existing franchise. It will instead be an original tale set in the very near future, focusing on Atlanta homicide detective Darren Fox and a particularly troubling murder investigation. The story is currently being described as a mixture of the political overtones of the West Wing, legal wrangling of law and order, and, of course, elements of science fiction, but not the type that's usual Razor's Edge audio fare. Outside of Project's logo, owing to Butler's fascination with text tweaking on Photoshop, (laughs) little is being released about the project at the moment. For now, here's a quick glance at the logo that helped present the feel of the story to come. That, of course, will be in our show notes. Uh, Ronnie's on Radio number 16 has been released. Uh, it returned on November 18th uh, with Razor Edge Radio number 16 featuring an interview with Ed Tandy McLawson on the topic Fatherlessness, the Price We Pay. Of course, uh, Freighting, uh, which has been casting for the, for the past few weeks, uh, Brooke Childs, creator of the forthcoming audio drama Freighting, has officially announced all but one member of the main cast for the tale has been signed up. Uh, the series look, looks to include the following voice actors. Christopher Walker to overcome Always in Motion as Captain Rush. Uh, Mike Lane parallels Conquest of, of the Empire as Vale. Susan Byrne, other voices as EM3201. Joe Harrison as Bosk Bisk. Eric Halp as, and newcomer Rachel Biz as Nadine. Um, the remaining part left to be de- to, to be cast in named Banner. Other voice roles will certainly be ne- needed, but these are the main cast members. It seems that Fritting is on the road to production. 
There has been a new radio show announced, Alta Radio. Joe Harrison, creator of the Conquest of the Empire's drama series, is a busy guy. He's already working or, on not only the last two installments of COTE, but also a special edition version of COTE's first chapter, supplemental material for COTE, including a source book and a series of short stories and other realm audio drama series and other non-audio projects. Now Harrison has announced that E, under the auspices of his recently renamed EU2 Audio Core, formerly COTE Audio Production, is currently looking into also producing a new fan-made radio show, Alta Radio, Alta staying, of course, for a long time ago. Harrison currently tells us that the show will most likely center around audio drama production update, his own opinion on some Star Wars topics, and maybe even a few live stories. Though what is meant by live stories is anyone's guess at this point. More on this as Sting develops. And Butler has been featured in Real 2 Dialogue 2 web strip. Early fan audio community member Billy Bueller, Second Strike Commander Zim, and TR519 is better known in, main, in many online circles as the Second Quest, particularly in the expanded universe communities on the com- message boards at theforge.net and darkhorse.com. Earlier this year, Bueller premiered an online web strip entitled Real 2 Dialogue 2 Adventure in Literature Forms and Others, featuring a series of humorous strips based on frequent points of interest and amusement in various online Star Wars discussions communities. In other words, some will get the humor, others will find it goes right over their heads. Bueller released his sixth strip today entitled Chronological Pain. It features none other than FanWorks founder and fan audio buzzy buddy Nathan P. Butler. Alongside Gerald Proof and Darth Sidious, the humor is aimed at more so at members of the fan film community who remember the early days of Prelude to Hope 1.0 hype. You can find a thread discussing the series at the first link below, followed by a link to the specific step in question. And that can be found over at www.denimfilms.com slash r2d2 slash 006 dash chrono dash logical pain dutch dash uh, dot jpeg and that will also be in our show notes
And welcome back to Star Wars on the Regular Voice of Star Wars Fandom. And this week, there is not much going on in the community update. So, we've decided to take this opportunity because, you know what? We got a good old friend of ours who's actually launching some, like, Ojo project of some sort. And we figured that, you know, it's pretty much community because it touches a little bit of all of us. And we're going to feature it in tonight's show. So, with us tonight is none other than Lucian Mayer. A.K.A. Darian Blade, for those of you who remember the good old show Jedi Talk. Welcome, Victor. How are you doing? The good old show might be an exaggeration, but uh, yeah. <laughs> how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a busy week for me, but I'm, I'm uh, finally starting to settle in. All right. So, basically, you're here tonight because you want to talk to us about your new project, which can be found at the website inthebloodonline.com, right? Yeah, it's inthebloodonline.com, and that's the last time I'll I'll, I'll shamelessly self-promote myself. Um, (laughs) Basically, what it is is, um, and a lot of people are kind of confused about what it is, kind of how Jedi Talk was when I first put Jedi Talk out on the air. A lot of people were like, Star Wars, what? with the who now and you listen to what now so <laughs> this is somewhat the same thing i'm i'm uh i've moved kind of on from star wars and i mean i still love star wars don't get me wrong um and i actually just got a 57 inch big screen tv and watched all six movies on it and i've never seen them in high def so i was blown away <laughs> side note um but anyway what it is is it's uh, it's what i call a work of fiction uh, the reason I call it a work of fiction as opposed to an audio book or a book is because it really doesn't fit the parameters of what's out there. Uh, the concept behind it is this. I, as you know, I, I have a problem with people saying that I can't do things. And when um, with, with Jedi Talk, same thing. People were like, Star Wars talk show, you're never going to be able to pull that off. And we did, and we did it well. Um, and you guys have taken the torch and carried it well. And the, I'm hoping the same thing will kind of happen with this. It is basically a way that any artist, any musician, artist, uh, writer, um, or just a creative guy like me can get their product out to market for a very cheap price, which is it was under $100 to build this thing for me. Um, and i basically able to take a book that I've written and started the, the idea when I was 16, or about 14, really, and then started writing when I was about 16. And I've wrote the book three times now. And I've tried to get it out to market in a couple different ways, but publishing was just never my gig. It, it always bothered me that when, you know, when they, they look at all these books that come across their desk, they're looking from the point of, well, this book is good, but it doesn't meet our marketing demographic for this month or whatever. And so this great piece of art gets tossed into the trash because the money's not there for it. And if you know me, you know I really hate that kind of thing in the world. So this is kind of the idea that I came up with. And it's basically my book. Um, It's something that's very close to my heart. I really love my characters, and I've worked a long time on them. Um, It's a a book about vampires, um, but it's a little different than most of the vampire books out there. So if you're not a vampire fan, you might want to give it a, a chance anyway. But what it is is it basically runs, it's uh, an audio book with uh, sound effects and music, and it runs three hours and 25 minutes. So if you want to listen to my gravelly voice for three hours and 25 minutes, here's the perfect opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically you can download it. It's, uh, you can go to the website, and then you just, uh, you can either, you 
pay you can listen to a free sample go ahead go there and listen to the free sample don't worry about buying it yet um, but then if you are interested in buying it um, it's five dollars um, and uh, you just do that through PayPal account and then it drops you back and you can uh, get the uh, book on mp3 format it comes in a 288 meg file I know it's big I'm working on that and it also is available in word format so if you want to read it um, you can also do that um, I will give a warning. It was written as an audio thing, so it's kind of a script. <laughs> so it's so, kind of rough. Yeah, it's, it's so if you want to read it, go ahead. And I'm working on more pub, uh, polished versions. I'm also working on in open office format. There'll be a version. There'll also be one in peanut press, and I'm looking at PDF right now. So there's a couple different versions of this thing that's coming out, but... If you're interested in the story, great. If you, if you want to buy the book, great. I, I'm really hopeful that you do, and I really hope you enjoy them. But the biggest thing that I want to get out there is this concept. It's in the forums. It's free to the public. You don't even have to buy the book to go to the forums um, off the site as well. I'm giving FAQs on how I did this whole thing, how I put it all together. So any author out there, any musician out there can bring their product to market for under $100. And that's... Um, you know, I'll be honest. When I first came up with the concept, I was like, man, I could go to those author groups and say, hey, I have a way to put your book on the Internet for five grand. And the more I thought about it, the more those those good old Star Wars ethics kicked in and told me that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is give away the concept, and hopefully people will support the book. So that's the way I've decided to go about it. Um, so, yeah, if, if if anybody's interested, I really hope they stop by. Um, I'm in the forums. It's it's a way for, I think, an author to be not only able to sell directly to their public and publish whatever they want to publish. If they want to write something that's a little bit out of their genre, they can go ahead and do that because they're in control of it. Um, th this is a way to do that. And I think it's, it's very simple, to be honest with you. When I finally broke it down to the process of building this thing, it's very, very simple. But... It's something that anybody can do, and if you just go through the walkthroughs, you could build in a whole audio book. You could uh, encode your music into CDs and, and put those online for people to download at $5 a pop, or, or however you want to do it, however you want to set it up. It's completely up to you. But I, I hope that the idea gets out there that this is I, – I just see it as a better method. I see it as a better method to bring all the fiction as, as a society to the table and let us, the consumers – kind of pick through and figure out what we like. That's Makes right. Sense? Because a lot of time the publishers uh, will actually judge on the product, but they will actually misjudge it uh, with the, the, the simple like sample of the product they're faced with. Exactly. What if the first chapter of your book's not very good, but then it unwraps from there? Some of the best books in history have been like that. You know, Hemingway's books don't start out dramatically fast, you know, and Shakespeare's books are kind of hard to read if you've ever read one. Um, or the plays, but you know, it, it's it's the point is is that it's great art because the artist didn't compromise. The artist didn't say, "Oh well, okay, I'll make my main character 18 so the book will sell better." That's not how it should be done. You know, it, it, that, at least that's my point of view. I would never inflict that on anybody else. And but I, I, told, I totally agree with you in the, in the different industries. But I think it's just time for that industry to kind of wake up. I mean. Music downloading is rampant, but if you just have an honorable commitment with your customers, and if you were a band, and if you're going to be popular, you're going to sell just as many online albums as you would 
the, the store-bought, and yeah. you give it to us in the new format. You know, 20, 10, 15 years, <laughs> I hope this is 15 years ago. I'm getting old, guys. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, buy a, you buy a record, then you went to CD. It was just the natural progression of the media. That's it. At that point, they didn't have a problem with it. It was only when it became that the media was very easy to distribute, very easy to share, and all that, that all of a sudden the record labels had a problem with it. Because there's no manufacturing costs. Yeah. There's no, you know... There's no money to be made there. There's it's no middleman. It's a lot harder for them to make their money. The artist can still make their money. That's and it. we're in 2005. I just think that the power should be given back to the artists and the people who create and let them bring it to the net. Well, that's it's an, easy to do. That's it. It's, it's as simple as, you know, we podcast every week. Uh, I know Brian has an iPod. I've got a pocket PC. I listen to MP3s on it. And yeah. I, I buy my MP3s online because I don't have the time to go to the store, buy a CD, take the CD, put it in the computer, change it into, like, the MP3s, put the MP3s exactly. on my pocket PC. It's a, just do it directly into MP3s. We can buy them online, put them on our, you know, iPods, but, but pocket Sebastian, pieces or they anything can't else. control and, that. They, they, these people are, are so minded that okay, they have to control listen. everything. Well, listen, this is the little rebellion thing, okay? This That's is exactly. Whole, think about it. This is, this is the part where you can make a change. You as an individual can get on your book or whatever project you've been sitting on, because everybody sits on a dang project they think can take them to the top. Oh, yeah. Everybody sits on a dream. Stop sitting on your dream. Make it happen. Come to my forums. I'll help you make it. You know, I'll help you get it out there. And if it sucks, it's going to bomb. But if it's really great, it'll take off. That's it. And you're going to make more money than you would through uh, a recording label or a publishing house, especially on a first-time novel. Well, that's it. I mean, if you if you sell your first novel two bucks a pop, and no, like, Sebastian, it's just for encouragement. Most authors don't get any money on their first. I know. Oh, novel. that's it. You get about a, you know. I mean, it depends on the contract, and some publishers are better than others. But the thing is, is that okay? The reason that those industries are the way they are, if you look at it, you look back when they set them up, it was very expensive to bring an album to market. That's why you needed a recording label. It was very expensive to to press, print, and find a book and send it out to market. But we no longer have that limitation. Yep. That the Internet has given us the ability to subvert all of that. So we as the creators, the people who are actually coming up with it, put it out there, and when you buy it, I get uh, <laughs> I get like four fifty, and PayPal gets 50 cents because I don't want to set up a merchant account. <laughs> but that's that's the only place it goes. And I promise people who buy it, my first goal in selling this is not to make myself rich, although it would be nice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But my first goal in selling this is so I can continue with other projects that I have in my head. This, this idea doesn't stop at just, okay, now authors have the power. There's more we can do with it. And uh, there's ideas I have for it. So I want to see it be a success because I want to start my future idea. And um, I, I can't say anything about it, but Bastion's over there going, ooh, yeah, because he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, there's, you know, I mean, like I say, I, I, if, if you uh, have any faith in me, if you have any faith in the ideas that I've had in the past, Jedi Talk being one of those, um, you know. Gamer Stavers and all that. Beforehand that really didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have that faith in me, give me, give me ten minutes on that site. And see what you think. You don't have to buy it. Buy it if you're interested. If you're not interested, don't buy the book. But at least get the concept. 
get the idea in your head that, hey, I could do that too. I can, I can put my book online. I have a great idea. It's way better than that, guys. You know? So that's what I want to see happen. You know, it's, I just don't understand why it hasn't happened already. You see all these different companies now, even like uh, today I was reading on Slashdot that the MPAA came to the guy who does BitTorrent, and they're working out a contract to do digital distribution. Why well, it's we about time. It's a, it's Why about do they need contracts? Why do they need companies? All of that stuff is able to do it on our own. Yes, a movie is a very expensive thing to get to market right now, but as, as technology increases, that becomes easier and easier and easier. Look at some of the fan films. If somebody did a half an hour short series, and there are some of the directors I've seen do some of the fan films, I'd pay five bucks. I'd pay it. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but I know there's some real talent, especially among the Star Wars community, but everywhere there's real talent. And I've seen these guys pull off amazing things for Star Wars, and I just want to see them, hey, come up with the idea, or find a buddy that can come up with the idea, and get together with them and make that and then put it out there and actually put it out there as a product that people can invest in and become fans of and, and you know, the whole bit. Uh, well, I can only tell you that the word has been spread out and uh, right next to me I can tell you that there's a very eager person to drop by your website. Uh, Danny's actually dropped by on his uh, at his end of the show, and he's uh, he, he wants to say congratulations because it's a very good looking website and yeah, very nicely it's organized. Messy. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that website had about two days of development time, so it, it really doesn't look very good. But it'll get better. But I, I, I I'm good at that part of it, but that just. But, you know, I got it all working, so now I just need to make it pretty. I quickly dropped by <laughs> at, at the beginning of the interview, and uh, I, I saw what it looked like. It looks pretty cool. I just can't wait till the show ends so I can actually drop by and put a link in the chat. It's already in there. And uh, go uh, go see what's what, what's the, the, the fuss all around now. So uh, thank you very much for being on the show again. No problem, no problem. Actually, before you leave, now that we got a better phone and you alone on a phone, we're going to have to ask you to redo the liner. Uh, hi, this is Lucian Mayer. You're listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars. Oh, no, I can't say Lucian Mayer. Oh, yeah, you can. It's got to be right. Okay, uh, You can just record at any time? Yeah, any time. Okay. Uh, you're going to make me do this on the air. Yes. Mean. All right. Hi, this is Darion Blade. Ah, sorry. Get <laughs> that up. <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> I never get them right the first time. That's the problem. <laughs> hi, this is Darion Blade, and you're listening to Star Wars and Direct. That's perfect. Thank you very much, Victor. Uh, we're actually going to be listening to Stormtrooper Bob, number 22. W why did you guys decide to go off and make a series such as Stormtrooper Bob? Uh, uh, For fun? I, I think you have to get back into Jedi talk with all that. Do you want to talk? I mean, I can hang. I'm good. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, Stormtrooper Bob came out of the idea. We... On the show, we decided that we needed a mascot. I'm sure you guys have had this discussion because you had that little uh, Jawa. Yeah. At the celebration too. Yeah. Anyway, we decided we needed a mascot, and we decided that we should have a stormtrooper as our mascot. We decided we should have a redneck stormtrooper as our mascot, and then somehow it got said that we should call him Stormtrooper Bob, and that's basically where the idea fostered. People, it became a running joke on the show. We'd kind of refer to this guy once in a while. And then at, at one point, uh, me and Lars, or Gene, uh, sat down and said, hey, you know, maybe we can write this out into kind of a script. And 
and do like a little audio thing and it might be kind of funny. And that's kind of where the, the whole idea came out of it. It was just to see if we could pull off kind of the feeling of a stormtrooper squad running around the behind the scenes of Star Wars. And to be honest, the first three were real rough. Um, it wasn't until four where we started blending into the movie that it, it started to get a little bit better, in my opinion. I still think they're all all horrible, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed them myself. Uh, we're up to number twenty-two now, off to the Death Star, and uh, it's it, they're very funny. There's about eight left to go. Hopefully, uh, we might actually be able to uh, show some of your uh, upcoming projects. Or actually listen to some of your upcoming projects. Oh, sure, yeah. No, I can get you the sample chapter, and you can play that online if you'd like. All right. Well, thank you very much for being with us again. No problem. You guys have a good night. And what, you're welcome to come back on the show anytime, so... Uh, ah, you may not want to say that. <laughs> I'm all cutting my teeth on Star Wars again because I've been away so long, so I'm definitely listening for the rest of the night. All right. Well, off to Stormtrooper Bob, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi, this is Darion Blade from www.jeditalk.com. Be sure to join us for our show every Sunday night live, where you can listen to the latest Stormtrooper Bob. Join us for our trivia contest. Listen to live interviews with authors like Michael Stackpole or Kevin J. Anderson. Also, a full two hours of Star Wars talk every week. So, remember, dark side or light, join us Sunday night. Stormtrooper Bob, Episode 22, Off to the Death Star. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Bob and his squad went back to the Star Destroyer after seeing Jabba the Hutt's skiff blow up. When the squad boarded the Star Destroyer, it immediately went into hyperspace. We join Bob and his squad as they stand in the viewport and look out the window as it comes back out of hyperspace. Oh wow, they're making another Death Star. Strange. Why would they do that when the last one was so easily blown up by the Rebels? The Rebels? The Rebels didn't blow up the Death Star, you ninny. Twitch did. What? Nothing, nothing. Angus... Ixnay on the F-Star day. What? The two should be known. Yeah, that's what the Imperial Army is based on. Truth and justice. Fine. You want truth? I'll truly put you both in the airlock if you don't shut up. Point taken, eh? Well, Private OP, the uh, Death Star is the ultimate power in the universe. And it's a really nice ride, too. Um... My dad, he has one like that. It blows stuff up really good. Squad STB-1, please report to the shuttle bay to escort Lord Vader to the Death Star. All right, you guys, let's head out. Bob and his squad enter the shuttle bay and then board the shuttle. Joining up with Darth Vader, they fly over to the Death Star. Oh, Lord Vader. Here, have a cough drop, eh? Louis, shut up. You don't offer the Dark Lord of the Sith a cough drop. Well, he's breathing kind of heavy. I thought this would kind of, you know, help open up the pipes, eh? Shut up, Lewis. No, really, it'll help. Shut up, Lewis. Bob and his squad watch as the shuttle lands in the new Death Star. Vader gets up and starts descending down the ramp. Bob and his squad follow. Hey, Lewis. 
I'll give you a ten to one. He strangles the officer, and we have to dump him down the chute. Oh, really? That might be interesting. I don't have a moth insignia rank yet. It'll go nice with my collection, eh? Shut up, guys! Wow, look at all these stormtroopers, eh? Hey, guys, what's up, eh? Lewis, shh! The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. Ah, I'll give you a 20 to 1 we'll be hauling this one off to the chute. Shut up, Angus! The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Oh, the Emperor. He sounds like he's not very nice of a guy. Oh, he's okay. He was really nice during the summers. How do you know the Emperor, Twitch? Oh, well, he's my dad. Well, that explains a lot. Like why you'd like to blow things up there, Twitch. Oh, yes, sir. Well, it looks like this little parade's over. I see you two. You know that droid is never around when you need him. Uh, I'm right next to you, sir. Lord Vader has released us to go look around the new Death Star. Oh, well, okay. Thanks for answering my question before I asked it. What question, sir? Oh, never mind. Let's go look around, but do not push any buttons. Bob and his squad start to walk around the new Death Star. They check out multiple rooms, and then they come across a room that looks like a refreshment area. All right. A blue milk machine, eh? Wait. Don't touch that button. Oh, man. Let's go find out what we did. All squads, please report to Bay 2. All the TIE fighters fell to the deck. Multiple technicians are trapped under the wreckage. Oh, well, good job, Lewis. Oh, I didn't know, eh? Look, it looks just like a blue milk machine. Bob and his squad run to Hangar Bay 2. The rubble was lying everywhere. Oh, man, eh? This is really grisly, eh? Yeah, no way we can hide this one. They have to know it was us. Ah, great, here comes Captain on my last leg. Ah, Bob! As usual, you excel where others have failed. Lord Vader asked me to come and thank you provide, for providing the distraction. The TIE Fighters fell from the ceiling as Lord Vader entered the room and they assumed he used the Force to kill them. Because of this, they now work harder and faster and he has you to thank for it. Good thinking, and that is good officer's training, Bob. Oh, oh okay. You should probably consider becoming an Imperial officer. No, no, that wouldn't be very good, eh? I don't think anyone would survive that. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that, sir. You saw what happened to all the former officers once Vader was done with them. Well, don't worry, guys. I ain't going to do that. As usual, Bob, studying with your squad is a walking trophy to your own loyalty. Congratulations. Will Bob become an officer? Will the squad ever stop touching the buttons? Find out next week on the next exciting episode of Stormtrooper Bob! Have you been injured in a work-related accident? Has a TIE fighter fallen on your head? Have you been strangled by a Dark Lord of the Sith? Well, give me a call. I'm Heath Carden. Let's hear from one of my satisfied clients. Yes, I was guiding an Imperial station on Endor, and then some rebels came in, and one of them hit me in the chest with a big box and tossed me over into a pit.
and when I came to, I was really, really hurt. But I called he's cotton, and now I got twenty thousand credit. And look at me there. Yes, call Heath Carton. One call, that's all. This episode of Stormtrooper Bob is brought to you by www.jitalk.com. Playing the voice of Lewis, Twitch, Opie, Mark Henderson, doing the voice of Angus and the narrator, Ian McCormack, doing the voice of ICU2 and Bob, Eugene Cash. Miscellaneous was done by Miscellaneous. Thank you and join us for another exciting episode of Stormtrooper Bob. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yes, my Roy. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and Direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> at planetfandom.com <laughs> At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca.
And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct Voice of Star Wars Fandom. Uh, right before we keep on going with the show, Brian? Yes! Tell hi to everyone in the chat. Well, we have Adria, Alvin, Bloodcat, Cerebison, Dow, Jacassera, Gamblor, Jedi Simon, Lucian One, and Snakes, and this guy named Lunatic. There's a guy named Lunatic? Yeah, he's kind of crazy. Who <laughs> would call himself like that? I don't know. <laughs> just, just Silly. Oh, well, what do you want to do? Some people. All right, well, what you were just listening to before uh, Al's Johnson's uh, little hello to Star Wars on Direct listeners was uh, Jesse Harlan uh, Vode An, a.k.a. Brothers All, which is the hymn of uh, Republic Commando, and it's basically in Mandalorian, apparently. So, for those of you who were wondering what Mandalorian was and how it sounded like, well, you pretty much got it right there. So, we get to talk about the Mandalorians. Uh, so, what are the Mandalorians? Well, the first mention of Mandalorians can be found in the essential chronology of the new one. Because we've got it now. Yeah, we finally got it. Great. Thanks to our lov- my lovely co-op bookstore, Concordia. It's about time. <laughs> well, it didn't take that long. Once we put in the order f- the order for the second one, it came yeah. like in a few days. But see, now I can understand why it finally takes so long and why so many students actually, you know, fail their classes. Because well, they don't get their books on time. Yeah, that can be a problem. But most books are ordered before, anyway. Um, the first mention can be like that the Togs, which are the... Uh, the antithesis of the uh, battalions of Zell, the uh, command, the the armies that were on Coruscant, are are probably the descendants of the Mandalorians because their Mandalorian language and the ancient texts of the Tog are very similar. Huh. So it's very interesting. That's like way way back, circa hundred thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. There's actually a mention of it. I <laughs> I want to add a little warning to this show that we never know, but my hard drive might just like snap in my face. So just in case we fall out and we don't come back, you'll know what happened. Um, no, actually, the first uh, the first mention in the Star Wars universe that we see is in Tales of the Jedi, uh, the Sith War, and it actually is on the great pla- one of the great planets of the Empress Theta system. That we see, um, we 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 see the, the Mandalorians, and they're basically led by Lord Mandalor Mandalore the First, and uh, they just won't surrender their, uh, you know, their their planets and their their lands to to anybody. So that's what what they have to do is actually fight some Jedi, and they finally lose for the first time, and they're going to lose again later on, but we'll talk about that in a few moments. But uh, that's the first time we actually see them, and they're, you know, the, the resemblance to Boba Fett helmet is still there, and they're very, you know, fierce warriors, as I entitled the show. Um, 
I just want to go in, go in and you know describe the, uh, the the Wikipedia Star Wars Wikipedia information about Mandalorian because it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, a Mandalorian is the, a member of a group of masked warrior clans of the Star Wars universe. Uh, they're less of a species and more of a culture. They assimilate new species into their home, into existing culture. When they conquer a planet or people, the leader of the Mandalorians typically takes on the title of Mandalore. Mandalorians are frequently allied with the Sith Order, most uh, notably Exor Khan, although 1,000 years uh, before Star Wars Episode 1 Phantom Menace, Mandalorians were allied with the Jedi. And much later as a prototype for the clone troopers under the power of Darth Sidious and the Re- Galactic Republic. Mandalorians, uh, 1,000 years before Episode 1, were stronger and had better armor than the later Mandalorians, like Jango and Boba Fett. Uh, for those of you who actually uh, want to go take a look into our forums and leave us some uh, questions or comments, please do so now. Uh, but you can also drop by the, the post that was made by one of our listeners, uh, I do believe it's Jedi Simon, uh, who posted the great image of uh, Boba Fett's armor. So, originally the Mandalorian clans were led by the warlord Mandalore the First, that I was just saying, and they were ranked amongst the best fighters in the galaxy. They were thriving for battle. They were they just wanted to fight, you know. And they were known for their use of cutting-edge weaponry and held to a strict code of honor. They were, they were a warrior race. These Mandalorians were crusader armor that deferred from one soldier to the next. Mandalore itself is a temperate, heavily desolate world located in a rather overlooked and inconspicuous area at the edge of the inner rim. Making a living upon its surface took on battle of survival, uh, for those of you who remember the beast, uh, the beast of Andorans we were talking about, these guys can actually ride them. Crazy. So, yeah, you, you gotta be like... Pretty hardcore. Little nut to, 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 to go there. And uh, the, the Mandalorians know no other way of succession, most importantly, however, it is the metal that is only found on this planet to date. It's called Mend Metal. It is the only known metallic substance that can resist the focused energy output of a weapon such as a lightsaber, uh, much like the other metal, uh, also known as the name... Cortosis? Cortosis. Thank you, Brian. Which actually causes a uh, metal met, uh, lightsaber blade to fail instead of actually being damaged. Uh, it takes an enormous amount of power to punch a hole through it, and the armor that needs uh, that nearly every Mandalorian began wearing is comprised of it. For their own single combat engagements, blasters and other firearms were forbidden. They were useless anyway. It came down to either finding a seam or soft spot in the armor and stabbing or bludgeoning the opponent to submission or death. In addition to this metal, which is so dense that it actually can blunt force impression through it, no Jedi sit or other force user can project or receive through, uh, thoughts through its mass. This was this was through uh, hundreds of years of use, unknown to the Mandalorians, but was discovered by the Sith. Uh, the Neo-Crusaders were led by Mandalore the Ultimate and started the Mandalorian Wars. Neo-Crusader armor was more advanced and uniform uh, like than their old armor. Design assembled a futuristic samurai gear. It came in many colors, though most were blue, elite sergeants, and a few other ranks were green. Captains on the rank were red. Some of the ranks were yellow. Kendris Ordo, who would later become Mandalore, wore a unique suit of silver and black armor. 
after their defeat in the Mandalorian Wars. Well, that's kind of the colors are kind of like the clone troopers, aren't they? Just, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. After their defeat in the Mandalorian Wars, at the end of the Jedi Revan and the Malak, the Mandalorians uh, went into a long decline. Kenderous Ordo fought side by side with a redeemed Revan against Dark Malak during the Jedi Civil War, later claimed the rank of Mandalore, and led a small remnant of his follower on the moon of Sun. Ordo was also a key in defeating the Sith Lord of Darth Nihilus on the battleship Ravager. Some of the some of 100 years before the Battle of Rusan, the leader of the Mandalorians was assassinated by the bounty hunter Dirge. The Mandalorians, uh, which were hated by this guy, uh, for those of you who don't remember the story of Dirge, uh, they struck back and inflicted terrible vengeance upon the bounty hunter, but he managed to escape. And then, of course, he died at the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars. Over the next few centuries, the Mandalorians slowly transformed into a less clan-based, more mercenary-oriented culture. It was around this time that a schism occurred in the ranks of a violent splinter group known as the Mandalorian Death Watch, revolted against the leadership of Jaster Muriel, who led the true Mandalorian loyalist faction. Eventually, the civil war between these groups spilled onto the pastoral world of Concord Dawn. Here, the Death Watch leader, Vizsla, attempted to murder Jaster. However, thanks to the assistance of a young orphan named Django Fett, Jaster and his followers escaped the trap. Eventually, Vizsla caught up to Jaster and the Mandalorians on a distant world, and thanks to the treachery of a fellow Mandalorian's mantras, Jaster Mereald was killed in battle. Jaster procced Django took over the reins of leadership, despite Montrose's dis- disparaging comment that it would mean a child leading them. Django's tenure as a Mandalorian leader ended the Battle of Galadran, where a Jedi task force under the leadership of Master Dooku led to the death of every remaining Mandalorian, except for one, Django Fett. After this disaster, the Mandalorians were effectively ended as a force in the galaxy. Individuals survived on both Mandalore and in other isolated pockets of the known space, but they played little influence on galactic affairs until the Clone Wars, when Django Fett Jango Fett became the host for the Grand Army of the Republic. One clone trooper, an elite arc trooper named Alpha Two, ended up joining, going rogue and changing the Mandalorians forever. Uh, some of those Mandalorians actually also uh, helped train some of the uh, clones for the Grand Republic Army. Also, some revolted and joined the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Yeah. Uh, during the Clone Wars, the Mandalorians were employed as assassins by the Sith in their action to eradicate the Jedi, since the Mandalorians inside their personal body armor were imprevious and uncorruptible. Jedi were subdued and placed aboard barges lined with men metal to be towed out into empty space and dispatched. Their true fates are still not recorded. Though some fluke of the Kaminoans' technology Alpha 2 had memories of Jango Fett, he went to Mandalore and started rebuilding the Mandalorian super commandos from Mandalorian protectors, police, and even debt watchmen. Alpha 2 became Mandalore the Resurrector and his forces through the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Amongst his, trom- his troopers were Toby Dalla and the future Mandalore Fen Shisha. 26 years after the Battle of Vandor, the Mandalorian got a new leader, Boba Fett became Mandalore after Shisha's death on the planet Shogun, and continued the tradition of leading the Mandalorian protectors. During the Yuuzhan Vong War, Fett led the Mandalorians in the defense of Mandalore and liberated numerous planets like Talithin and Gindine. But in all, the fates of the Mandalorians themselves are not recorded either. 
all that is known amongst the galactic populace is that Mandalorians did exist, but that no known individual walk amongst, amongst them anymore. All their technology was raised and records are incomplete as to the exact location of Mandalore at the present time. During the peak of Mandalorian culture, one of their production factories, Mandal Motors, spawned branch plants on a few other planets, and this corporation continues to operate in limited capacity. Only to note to only two known examples of the Mandalorian battle armor exist as well, worn by the bounty hunter Boba Fett and Jodo Cast. But as to how they acquired them is pure conjecture. Well, of course, we know now that uh, Boba got its armor from his father. Who, uh, it was uh, Jester Muriel's armor. It was Jester Muriel's armor? Yeah. And uh, as for Jodo Cast, he fashioned it himself. Because uh, he wanted to trade on Boba Fett's uh, reputation. And eventually, Boba killed him. Yeah. These, these things just happen when you're messing around with the Boba Fett. Uh, we're going to go listen to... Uh, you know, it, that that's actually from Wikipedia, so a lot of people actually put like their own little things in there. Like the Mendel Motors. <laughs> I'm not sure that factory actually existed. Um... But the uh, the the Mandalorians actually do exist in the Star Wars universe, and they're still very much alive. And there's very much of a chance that we're going to see them again in the Legacy of the Force upcoming well, series. I think they're good guys now, pretty much. Well, they're pretty much good guys, and I think they're they. I don't think they will join the GFFA. Me either. Uh, but you know, we haven't heard about them in the Swarmor novels. Not yet. That's it, so... And Boba's getting pretty old. Yeah. Bo- yes. Boba's older than... He was born, what? He's ten... He was born at the Phantom Menace? Yeah. So he's got... He's old. Well, yeah. That's it. He was, what, like, ten? He's supposed to be ten and... Yeah, but maybe, you know, he, he actually uh, aged as... He actually augmented his, his aging process, and then slowed it down with the communion and technology. So I don't think so. Maybe he can live for like much longer time than regular people. I don't think so. I don't think it works like that. Who knows the secret of the of the communion ones? We're we're probably going to know in the coming books. Uh, but uh, I want to answer f- uh, some questions right now from uh, Jedi Simon uh, in the. Uh, well, no, he's only like thirty-five in the forums. No, he's more than that. No, forty-ish. He's about the age of uh, of uh, Han. Yeah, he's about Han's age. Yeah, he's about Han's, Han's age. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, the first question that Jedi Simon had is, uh, what the hell is Vader talking about when he tells Fett no disintegrations in the Empire Strikes Back movie? In the Empire Strikes Back movie, he addresses Boba Fett in particular because the weapon he carries is a disintegrator. So it can actually disintegrate people, bodies, and arms. But the thing is, Boba Fett wasn't known for disintegrations. Just the last job that he did happened... That by accident he disintegrated this bounty. That's it. So you know. Thank you, Danny. Danny is agreeing with you, Sebastian. Yes. That, uh, he's about sixty something. Sixty something, about the age of Han. Uh, but yeah, that's it. The um, Bo- Boba disintegrated someone. So Vader just wanted to make it very clear on him. No disintegration this time around. Um, and uh, the other question he had was, why Han Solo and Boba Fett ate each other so bad? Um, I don't think they hate each other anymore. They don't? It was just that, that they always seem to c- 
come up against each other. That's and it. it never ended well for either of them. That's Either right. one got the best of the other, or the other got the best. And I think both of was pretty miffed. Because you got to realize that, on some scale, Han Solo is the bounty that got away. Exactly. So Boba always wants, sort of wanted to, you know, take his prize back. And I guess that's why he's always after, you know, each. They're always after each other. But as you'll as you'll hear in the in the following extract from uh, the Unifying Force. Uh, they're pretty much okay now, I think. So we're going to go listen to that extract. It's about three minutes long. And uh, we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct. The fatal volley was coming from halfway down the corridor, where half a dozen soldiers were crouched, kneeling and prone on the deck. They wore pinch-cheeked helmets that were as domed as an R2 unit, bisected by horizontal viewplate strips, and surmounted by flag-like targeting rangefinders. Their gray uniforms were exoskeleton by blast dissipation vests, forearm gauntlets, knee pads, armor mesh gloves, and alloy boots with zero-g grip soles. They were armed with blaster rifles, handguns, combat knives, rocket dart launchers, and whatever else might have been hiding in the alloy utility pouches affixed to their broad belts. A weapon system all his own. The leader wore a combination jetpack and anti-personnel missile launcher, and his belt was red. Catching sight of Han, the trooper tendered a distinctive fingertip salute before hurrying off. Fet? Han managed. Fet? Leia shook her head in refusal. It can't be him. Anyone could be inside that armor. Han nodded his head in agreement. That's got to be it. Besides, I mean, even if it is him, he was probably trying to kill me, not save me. Han, Leia, C-3PO, and the surviving Kalula soldiers stepped over the bodies of the Yuzhan Vong and raced after the troops in Mandalorian armor, who had already moved off. Finished. Three skips converging on us, Leia glanced at him. It's our old friends. Han's eyes darted to the authenticator screen. The ones that tracked us from Selvaris? What is this, a personal vendetta? One of the curved-tailed, tandem-piloted coral skippers appeared in the wraparound viewport, coming straight at the Falcon. Take the shot, Han said into the intercom. Singularities formed in advance of the approaching skip, but sheer firepower overwhelmed them, and the vessel came apart in boiling fire. Catman is really getting good, Leia said. Han shook his head negatively. That wasn't him. He leaned back in his seat to glance through the upper panes of the viewport. A classic fire spray class security patrol craft shot overhead. A cross-shaped ship affixed to an oval engine sweep. It was followed by four gladiators, so named because they looked like swords thrust to the hilt through circular shields. It is Fett, and he's clearing a lane for us, Han snorted. Just like him to make sure he has the upper hand on a debt. Incoming transmission, Leia said, from the fire spray. Boba Fett's voice cracked through the calm. Just wanted to remind you, Solo, that my personal fight was always with the Jedi. You were nothing more than cargo. Han snorted. For what it's worth, Fett, you were never more than a nuisance. Fett laughed shortly. To better days, Captain. Channel it. I love the camaraderie. <laughs> Isn't it nice? 
<laughs> so yeah, I said as as you heard, there's pretty much nothing between you know them. It's, it's always been against the Jedi. After all, how would you feel about Jedi's if they had you know decapitated your father in front of your eyes and and basically annihilated the Mandalorian systematically? Every time they rise up, it's cut down by the Jedi. Yep, every single time. You know what's kind of funny is that. You would have thought that the Mandalorians almost would have allied themselves with the Yuzong Vong, because they're anti-Jedi. But no, they're actually smart. That's right. So, I wanted to uh, read a little part of uh, something that we're we're probably going to mention again in our next show. But um, I want to say that the uh, you know the traditions and the ethos of the Mandalorian art were passed on to the the, the clones of the the Grand Republic Army. And with Jango Fett and so many Mandalorians training sergeants responsible uh, for shaping the Grand Army of the Republic, the Mando culture, its Edos brotherhood, entrance and loyalty, as well as its language and traditions, played a major part in the esprit de corps of the Republic commandos and our troopers. The effect was far more diluted in the largely va- flash-trained rank of clone troopers, but in the army's anthem, Vodehan, Brothers All, which we heard just... Uh, few minutes ago, uh, adapted from a traditional Mandalorian marching chant, was known to most as its stirring notes boosted morale on many a battlefield. The Grand's army motos was also rendered in Mandalorian, the Rasum Kote, or Eternal Glory. The irony of that motto was not lost on men genetically altered to develop at twice the normal rate and die so young. If they survived the war, but like truly professional soldiers, they accepted it as their lot and served proudly. So, yeah, that's it. But we'll talk a little bit more about that on the next show. <laughs> Brian's giving me the thumbs up. That's kind of cool. All right, so... Which is kind of cool? Okay, it's really great, because it's you. Thank you. It's because I'm so good looking. <laughs> it's because you're so good looking. Correct. Uh, so now we're going to go into you know the most known Mandalorian of the Star Wars universe. Of course, we're talking about Boba Fett, son of Jango Fett. What? What? Okay, you're like that's okay. So, but uh, Boba Fett, uh, son of Jango Fett, uh, we see him first appear in Star Wars: A New Hope. Now, for those of you, uh, no, he doesn't. He first appears in the Star Wars. He first appears in okay. In chronological order? Yeah, below me. No, <laughs> not live. Actually, no. He first appears in the Dark Horse comic book, Django Fett. Yeah. That's true. Chronologically. Yeah. He first appears. Then in episode two? No, 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 no. Continue your your thought of, like, chronologically, how we first how we first get to know him. How we first got to know in him. In the sources. In the, in, the, in the sources. So, first we see him, you know, in the, in the, the holiday special, into the comic as saving and then trekking back Luke. And then we see him again uh, in The Empire Strikes Back as the bad bounty hunter who just steals Han's love from Princess Leia. Oh, that was heartbreaking for some. And uh, then, of course, we see him again in episode 6, Return of the Jedi, where he meets his fate, or does he? Or does he? Well, he doesn't really meet his fate in the in the uh, pit of the Sarlacc. He actually, you know, 
flies away. The, what are all those hand signs you're doing to the webcam? Brad? It's fine. Keep going, Sebastian. You're distracting me. <laughs> what is Danny? Yeah, okay. Danny's telling me Star Wars Holiday Special. Danny, stop giving us sources. We know our we know our, our Star Wars. I know my shit. <laughs> so basically, um, he actually survived the Sarlacc pit, and the way he survived it is. Uh, there's there's a few stories, but the one that likes to be told by Bob Fett himself, aka, aka Jeremy Bullock, is that he used his uh, the, the 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 fuel he had in his in his uh, jetpack, put it all over the stomach of the Sarlacc pit, and then blew the whole thing up, and he managed to escape. It was Dengar. <laughs> You're a Dengar fan? No, but it was Dengar. Who helped him out? Yes. You truly believe that? Yes. God damn it. He just pulled him out of the hole. Or you can have... Yeah, I, I, well, the Jeremy Bullock version kind of coincides with the unleashed figure yeah. Boba Fett that I have. That's it. Because he flies away from the, from, from the Sarlacc bit. Yeah, but what you don't get from that is that he has cancer. He gets cancer in his leg because of that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because the acid... He develops cancer. Okay. That's why later on, and I think it's in the Tales of the Bounty Hunters, or, yeah, in Tales of the Bounty Hunters, it's a story later on, yeah. and his leg is messed up, so he, he has to pay for cancer treatments, and he that's why he kept bounty hunting. Because... Oh. Because he's got to pay for... Because it. he's got to pay for cancer treatments. Oh, that's... And his leg is... A, he has a bum leg. His leg isn't as good as it used to be. That's nice. There were quite a few uh, comic books that were released by Dark Horse on uh, the the bounty hunter himself. Uh, one of the most complete one, of course, is Boba Fett, Dead Lies and Treachery, uh, which... I'm going to read uh, just the, uh, the the passage. Throughout the vast reaches of the galaxy, wherever fig- fugitives meet or lawbreakers conspire, one name is always uttered in usher tones. Some say he's a Mandalore warriors, others that he merely wears the Mandalore battle suit because of his unrevolved killing power. Truth is impossible to confirm, until now, for none have seen the face that gazes with merciless eyes from within that battered helmet. None, at least, who have lived to tell the tale. It's really. Remember when we were talking about the Unleashed books? Yes. Well, that's the first appearance of Boba Fett's face in a book. That's true. There's uh, there there's been well the adult Boba Fett. Yeah, the adult Boba Fett. There, there he has a wicked scar down his face. I know. Isn't it odd? Uh, there's been quite a few, you know, stories related to uh, to Boba Fett. One of my favorite ones is when he kills, not even a bounty, just you know, someone who stole something from him, and you wonder why he's going after that person up until to the end, where you realize that it's really just a picture that he was after, a picture of his wife and son. Boba. Boba. That's true. He does have a wife and son. So you know that's that's funny. The uh, the the Dead Lies and Treachery book doesn't really you know give you any insights on Boba Fett's life or anything, but it's it's a good fair story to to read if you're a bounty hunter fan and you know you want to read about Boba killings going on a killing spree and you know basically you know 
just doing his job. I think that one of my favorite Boba Fett stories is the Tales from the New Republic book. And it's Boba Fett going after this um, Imperial commander. And it's told in the third person by a storyteller on the you know distant Outer Rim planet. And it's basically Boba Fett going after, goes in solo to an Imperial base and destroys it. All by himself. All by himself. And it's just like, fucking awesome. That's that. It's awesome. And then at the end of the story, he you see Boba Fett show up to the storyteller, and the storyteller is like, sent all the kids off to bed, and Boba Fett comes in and tells him, you know, I got you. After all this time, you he, like because he escapes, but barely. And like, I always get my bounty is what he says, and he leaves the guy alone, and he 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 walks off into the sunset. Isn't he, it? he he eventually finds the guy. In the end, isn't it nice? Both that always gets man. See, that's 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 what we meant earlier when we were saying, you know, and was kind of the bounty that escaped. He always gets him. He, he got Han. In he the end, him. he yeah. saved him. Yeah. Um, another similar story to the, this one is Boba Fett, Agent of Doom, where he basically, you know, destroys an, inter- an, an entire Imperial base, well, ship, sort of like. And uh, there's, he's basically after two guys. And he just tells, okay, I want those two guys. Everybody else leave or die. <laughs> it's up to you. And... One of the guy actually says, uh, you know, I've rigged the, the ship so that if you kill me, it's going to blow us up and everyone together and all that. And he just turns around, and he leaves, and he's like, fine. If not today, I'll find you eventually. Of course, that takes the other guy off, so they finally both die. But And he gets the bounty at the end, but that was that was tr- quite, you know, an honorable tale. So, all right. So, for those of you who really, really like all the Mandalorian stories and all that, there isn't much out there that that you can put on in terms of, you know... Comprehensive. Yeah, comprehensive... Uh, well, there was that article in uh, The Insider that we couldn't find um, that covers all of the little biographies of all the different ma- notable Mandalorians yeah. throughout history, and Boba Fett is one of them. Um, there are the uh, what is it, Alpha Two? Alpha Two. Alpha Two is a big one. Um, there's a female bount- There's a female Mandalorian that's big too. I forget her name. She eventually marries Boba Fett, then she dies, and then the one his uh, Boba Fett's daughter dies, and or no, she becomes the Mandalorian, and then they fight, and I think she dies as well. It kind of sucks. Poor Boba. Indeed. Um, well, if if you just like you know enjoy yourself on Google's, you can find some some answers to your questions amongst the Mandalorians. Uh, funny thing though, for one of the first uh, first times that uh, you type something on Google and it does not come out as the first actual answer, if you type Mandalorians on on Google. The Star Wars, uh, and uh, you know, encyclopedia won't be coming up uh, as the first thing, as the, as the first choice of reference. 
I think that's probably because they're not in the data bank just yet. So Sebastian, I'm actually gonna put the uh, the link to uh, to the how's it called the Star Wars wiki. I love the Star Wars wiki. Star Wars wiki is very interesting. If you if you if you don't like spend at least like two minutes a day on it. It should be. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Under five minutes, because over five minutes, you will not be able to get off of it for what, like at least an hour, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Like I, I've spent, you know, hours and hours just going through it. Hey, cool. What does that thing do? Then I click it, and it brings me to another page, and another page, and another page, and uh, it's so addictive. You go from one to the to the other very very easily. Um. And it's very very nice. It's it's and basically you know the the battles we were talking about are all there and they're all portrayed and all that. And the battle of Galidran, uh, where they all fell, but Jango Fett is also there. You don't actually see the the, the face of Count Dooku. Looks a little bit like Julius Caesar in Asterix and Obelix. But but uh, you know what, Christopher Lee kind of looks like that. So yeah, back back when he was younger. Uh, and there's. Pretty much all a good names, all the names of the uh, the Mandalorians that are there. I'm l- trying to see if I can find your uh, your female Mandalorian. Um, blah, blah, blah. can't seem to see it. Uh, well, uh, I forget her name. Uh, I think it's. Oh, we got dead hair. Now. I think it's um, Shisa Fen, or Fen Shisa. Okay. Fen Shisa, uh, Mandalorian who served under the Mandalorian Resurrector in Fen Shisa. Could be. Uh, Could be. Would be around the same times. I'm just not sure. Anyhow. Uh, we're going to call uh, Danny right now. Because he's got a little treat for us tonight. So, we're going to do that right now. Live. On Star Wars On Direct. Hello. Live on Star Wars On Direct, it's Danny Pepin. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, Danny? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. So, um, you want to mention what you just sent to me uh, to MSN? The uh, the fan film unofficial uh, apparition of the, of Boba Fett. Yeah, I remember Dark Redemption, and the other one that was made a really long time ago. I think it's one of the first one right after uh, the holiday which, special, which began in a comic book store, and uh, it's basically a comic put into a fan film. Oh, okay. I don't remember the the, the title, but. Uh, I remember this one. It, it, it's Boba Fett going on a jungle planet with a Jedi. Huh. Oh, cool. A female Jedi with a purple lightsaber, I, if I remember. I'm not sure. And they come across mercenaries, and uh, there's a, a scene during the night. Okay. At the end of the uh, of the fan film, uh, they're on the, the Boba Fett and the... Uh, the, the Jedi and they're facing the uh, the Empire and they're about to surrender and they look at each other and what the heck <laughs> Let, let's fight and that's it and, and the, uh, the comic book uh, finished like that and what's cool about about 
this fan film is that they put uh, some frame of the comic book during the action of the fan film so they cut to the comic book and to the fan film it's a really old fan film I remember that fan film Danny now that you tell me about it that way I remember it it basically went uh, from real life to comic book to back to real life yeah and all the transitions were done through comic book yeah yeah I remember that it's, it's a really old one it's still a great fan film <laughs> yeah and it's surprising to me because uh Usually, you cannot do a fan film about something that is published. Yes. Usually. <laughs> so that was probably the only time this was this thing was made. So. All right, uh, Danny, you re- you're pretty much one of the the old days. Don't take it the wrong way. It's actually <laughs> a very honorable title. Yeah. And I wish I could bear it. Uh, what was your first memory of Boba Fett? My first what? Memory of Boba Fett. Oh, of course it's in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Of course in ninety, in nineteen Yeah. When the Empire Strikes Back was uh, in theater, so that basically was my oldest memory. Okay. And did you actually get yourself the little action figure? Oh yeah, <laughs> I I like cut cut off all my uh, pegs. Uh-huh. Is that what you call it? Uh, yeah, the 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 codes, yeah. The the cardboard thing from uh, it wasn't Asbo Kenner and uh, the the uh, the mail order Boba Fett, and I waited. I I think probably a couple of months. I was checking my mail every single day, hoping <laughs> that my Boba Fett was coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and one day, a little en- uh, yellow envelope. With uh, bubble wrap in it, and it was my uh, my Boba Fett. And my brother also had uh, sent one, so we had two Boba Fett at the same time. And I'm sure you were actually having tons and tons of fun. Oh yeah, it wasn't the one with the uh, the launching uh, missile on the back, but it was like glued in, so it wasn't the one that are expensive now. Yeah, that are worth uh, thousands. All right. All right, but the uh, uh, just basically one of my the best stories about Boba Fett that I remember from reading was the one that Brian mentioned, the old guy telling a story to kids how he, he managed to escape Boba Fett, and at, at the end in the corner of the room, Boba Fett is there listening. That was one of my great uh, Boba Fett stories because I wasn't expecting that at all. Okay, uh, Brian tells me that uh, the one of the novels. Uh, no, <laughs> thank I you. Remember if it was in uh, Tales of Bounty Hunter or something uh, like uh, Tales I, from. I, I think it was from Jabba's Palace. Or th- it's uh, Tales for the New Republic, I think. New Republic, okay. All right, but tonight you have a special treat for us, Danny. Oh yes. You I was one of the lucky ones. <laughs> you lucky bastard! You received something very prized. Yeah, amongst I, the Star I Wars got fans. Uh, Dark Lord: Rise of Darth Vader one week in advance. Sweet. So uh, I got the chance to read it uh, this weekend. So if you have questions, ask away. <laughs> so, so are there a lot of Jedi in the book? A couple. Okay. Yeah, because. Uh, 
you learn that uh, not all clone troopers actually followed Order 66, and some of the Jedi escaped. Huh. Okay, anything more? What do you have to say about the book itself? Uh, it's a great book. The story starts well. In the middle, it's a bit of a downer because it's getting longer, but uh, the second half is great. Uh, you can see uh, uh, the story begins for a couple of hours before uh, Order 66, and you follow uh, the two Jedis, uh, two or four Jedis. I think four Jedis on a, uh, a new planet, and uh, basically you see uh, what happens uh, when the Order 66 is given. Uh, those two Jedi escape, basically, and uh, right after it's it's right at the beginning. After we jump into uh, four uh, four weeks, I think right after. Uh, the end of Revenge of the Sith. So you have Darth Vader. Uh, uh, you know you're you're in his head. He's un, un, uh, uncomfortable with his armor. He had to adjust his fighting style. He doesn't like it. He he, he thinks he, he he's not good anymore. He knows he's a pawn of uh, of uh, Palpatine and Sidious, and he doesn't like that. And he, you know he, he doesn't have as much confidence in himself and he's blaming himself for the death of Padme and he's blaming also Palpatine and the Jedi for her death and that's that's uh, that's cool after we uh, and basically Vader goes to small mission for Palpatine and he's trying to find uh, those two Jedi that have escaped uh, during the story there's uh, those two Jedi get to uh, communicate in, uh, in some way with other Jedi that have escaped and they bunch up together so <laughs> unfortunately for them it's easier for the uh, the new uh, order or the uh, the new empire to find them since they're all together <laughs> yeah and they go to uh, Kashihik where the uh, Wookiee are kind of clean, clean, cleaning up <laughs> they're cleaning up the mess that we see in episode 3 that's it and uh, after that, uh, Vader, uh, I'm going really fast here, Vader meet, meets with Tarkin, uh, with uh, Moff Tarkin, and they make a deal. The, you know, the, the, the new space station I'm working on, I need, uh, it, it can't be on schedule, so I need new ends, so uh, I want you to get me uh, those uh, Wookiees. So we see the first, I, I, I mentioned the second battle of Kashyyyk, but basically uh, you see the first, uh, the first attack or the first, uh, the first strike to get uh, those Wookiees. And uh, they put them in slave ships and uh, here they go to the, uh, I don't remember the planet where the Death Star is constructed. It's not uh, Belzaris or something like we thought it was. Okay. Uh, but it's in a system. Don't it? Maybe the planet is the same. I don't remember the exact name. And uh, But that's all in the background. You don't see it. it it's just mentioned. And during the attack on uh, Kashyyyk, 
Vader, you know, he likes, he begins to like being in the dark side and people begin to fear him and he, he's taking, uh, what I could say is, is he liking it more? So, and you see how powerful he is and what a massacre he did, he, he did on, uh, on Kashyyyk. <laughs> so, uh, that's pretty cool. And, at uh, near the end, you know, the, uh, the uh, I got to mention, there's also a scene, Vader goes to Alderaan. Oh. <laughs> because there, there's something, uh, there's a storyline with uh, the senators and uh, all of that. And he goes to the palace and he speaks with, uh, you know... Uh, Baal? Baal discovered that Vader is Anakin. Basically. Oh. And, oh. Uh, oh, the shock. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And Vader, uh, without knowing that Leo is there, he, uh, can I uh, can can I be introduced to the Queen? So it's Bale's wife. Uh huh. She's coming in. She she was okay. I I I come in and I will bring the daughter. Oops. So Bale cannot say it because she was on the comlink or something. Okay. So Bale is kind of panicking. <laughs> 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 and is there like there, there's absolutely no feeling? No, there's something that happens that prevents the the the, the queen uh, from uh, from coming to Lord Vader. Uh, that's it. Oof. Uh, there's uh, I skipped a, a bit. Uh, okay, near the end, Sidious uh, mentioned now that the the, the Kashyyyk battle is over and blah blah blah. We need to put fear in the people, so we'll we'll show for the first time Vader on the Holonet. So oh. they show Vader, and there's the, that reporter that says, "Now the, there's a new uh, there's a new people. He's the right hand of the of the Emperor. He's called Lord Vader. Blah blah blah." And the people on the Holonet w- are watching that, and they you know he looks bad and everything, and. Right at the end of the uh, the story, Obi Wan's in Tatooine, uh, and he's what he's uh, he's on a, how do you say a, a veranda outside one of the cantina, and he's watching uh, uh, Beru and Lars with uh, little Luke, uh, like in a knapsack or something that Beru carries, and they're shopping there doing the groceries and he's watching them from afar and he, he hears something on the uh, on the TV inside the cantina <laughs> and he sees uh, and he hears Lord Vader and like he turns around and what? and he almost has a, a heart attack because he, he knows that he's, Anakin's not dead really so uh, even the barman he's like, do you want some water? You know, he, he's almost he, Falls uh, to the ground and everything, but it's a great end to the uh, to the book. So uh, I I think I said more than I should have, but ah, oh, it sounds awesome. Uh, it's awesome. There's a little downer in the middle of the book, but the the book uh, in itself it's great. It, it, the, having links with the movie uh, with the Revenge of the Sith, it, it's coo- really cool. So uh, here right. you go. All right. Enjoy it. Buy it. It's uh, it's out today. So. And it's a very good book to read. Oh yeah. It's right. pre- it, 
unfortunately, it's short. It's 320 pages. Yeah. You know, for some of us, that's more than 64 pages that we actually read in comics. Yeah. So that's long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll most definitely drop by our uh, local bookstore and uh, make sure to buy Dark Lords. Uh, who was it written by? James Lucino? Yep. At the Walking Enclo- Encyclopedia. So. James Lucino. All right. <laughs> he, he brought the closure to the unifying force, and he brought the opening to the Dark Lord of the Sith story. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I hope uh, we can see something. Uh, I, I think there's some opening for some characters in there to be in a TV series. Okay. There's there's one Jedi. Uh, there's a couple of Jedi that survive, and they decide to separate and go uh, find Jedi's. Uh, their own way and to go infiltrate the Empire by going into the academies because the, the Empire has uh, opened some academies and they're rebuilding a new fleet and everything and they decided well, we, we will go infiltrate uh, let's say uh, the Royal Academy and try to go in uh, you know go up the ranks and uh, some are going into the Imperial Agricultural Corp and something like that to try to infiltrate and there's a scene when they leave their lightsaber away during the book, so they they cannot be recognized, so they they abandon their lights their their lightsaber. No. <laughs> hey, it's a pretty good book. See, that's when that's when they lost their lives. Yeah. You just don't leave your your lightsaber somewhere on a planet. Mm. Like yes, you do. If you want to survive, you the, do. There's a dilemma it's for some Jedi that do I still. Because they learned that Yoda's probably not dead, but they don't know where he is. But there's a dilemma for some Jedi. Do I leave completely the order and this thing is over with? I will go on with my life and do other things like uh, smuggling or whatever. Or do I try to reform an order and try to rebuild and... uh, Fight against the Empire once again in a in a probable future. All right. Well, Danny, thank you very much for your uh, book. Yeah, I think I I told more than on the French show. <laughs> a little bit, yes. Uh, but thank you very much Sorry for li- for the spoiling, everyone. <laughs> well, you know what? Not really. But uh, a really big teaser. Let's yeah, that's it's a very good teaser. So uh, we're going to let you go off to your girlfriend now. Yeah. And uh, uh, we'll be... And uh, I hope to hear from uh, the Star Wars Insider soon. And we'll talk about that. Uh, oh, yes, yes. But 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 it, it, are we sure? No, I'm not sure. We're not sure yet. So we'll, we'll just keep it... I probably... Would, maybe some of, uh, of the listeners have the Insider. Yeah. Some of the subscribers. So. so go read the story by Karen Travis. Those people who do. Yeah. Go go read the Travis the, the the Karen Travis story, and post the uh, the characters of that story into our forums. Just yeah. just to let us know. All right. So uh, have a good uh, end of show. Thank people, and uh, good show by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the phone now is much better. Yeah. All right. So we'll let you go back. It's up to my standards. 
Oh, your standards, yes. The, 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 the <laughs> folks missed that. It's on, on, the, on the French show then, uh, this weekend. Danny said, you know what? If you want me to be on the show, you're going to have to get yourself a better phone because I have standards. <laughs> oh, I'm hoity-toity. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we got like the good phone back up, uh, I'm sure Danny's happy. Yep. All right. So we'll talk to you uh, later on yep. for some more uh, literature uh Yeah, probably for uh, for the chronology show. Yes, which is upcoming, people. Yeah. We promise. We, we have the books. We finally have the books. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Bye. So, so that's pretty. That, I would say that 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 would pretty much bring the show to a conclusion. I just like to repeat. Thank people in the chat for listening to us. Adria, Alfin, Bloodcat, Dalch, Castra, Gambler, Jedi, Simon. Uh, lunatic and snakes, and among we had the others who are uh, who have been in the chat over the night. Over that's the, it. Uh, and uh, we had Rive, who actually was there right now. Snakes, got Gambler, Jedi Sim- Simon. I, I mentioned everyone except for Rive. Except I, I don't have him on my list. Yeah, except for Rive. For some reason, you don't have. It's it. just not there. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe my list is slow to you know get people out. Uh, so basically. Uh, that's it. Basically, the show is now has now come to an end. Uh, I want to say that uh, Rive has this great uh, blog on StarWars.com, on the Star Wars blogs. Um, you can look up his username is Rive Keido, and uh, his blog is I believe Rive's Uncharted Settlements, and it's pretty much about TV show and uh, all the facts and you know all the. the Oh yeah, well there was this pseudo news that that came out about the TV show, yeah. but I didn't believe it, so I didn't talk about it. Okay, it's a load of shit. It's, it can be. It's know. a load of shit. It it can. Let me remind definitely. everyone that um, everyone from Lucasfilm has said numerous times that the TV show takes place between Episode three, three and Episode four, not after, not before. It's that time period. Yes. So please. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's not about Thank seven, you. eight, and nine. No. All right. So the next show will be on Tuesday, November 29, two thousand five, and it's actually going to be a follow up of this show in some way because it's about the Grand Army of the Republic. Um, during the research for this show, I, I I tumbled upon tons of information about the Grand Army of the Republic and all the clones and all that. And, you know, how do you discern the clones? Like, what's the yellow? What's the red? What's the green? What's the blue? Such and such. And who's who? And who do we see in Episode 3? Uh, you know, what's their story? Well, we're going to put you up to date with those guys. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure you're going to find yourself enlightened about all that information that we're going to give It's you next It's a great week. subject, people. Yeah. And for once, we have it like a week before... <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> All right! All right. So, of course, if you have any comments about this show or that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects... Hey, actually, before I do that... Me, bad host of mine. Um, we have... In the forums... Kotor... Uh, played the game. Okay. So basically in the forums there's a few people who mentioned the fact that uh, you hear about the Mandalorians and Knights of the Old Republic of course. And uh, we have Jedi Simon who's asking if there's any good books about uh, the Mandalorians not just about Boba Fett or Jango Fett but more about their past and all that. I would sadly have to say no. Uh, you would have to uh, read um, 
Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, the Sith War, and a little bit of the, uh, maybe the, from the Freedom Net Uprising onwards, uh, play the KOTOR game, uh, pretty much read Tales from the Jabba's Palace, uh, Tales of the New Republic, and Tales of the Bounty Hunter to, like, hear more about Boba Fett. But the Mandalorians themselves, apart from the great new essential chronology that came out a few weeks ago, uh, you don't have that much information about it. And, yes, I'm sorry, Brian, I, I will stop tapping on the table <laughs> eventually. I'll stop being an animal or something. So, the next show. Uh, okay, well, I was at Comments or Subjects. Uh, if you've got any comments or that you would like to make any suggestions for upcoming subjects, please feel free to send an email to studio at swbndirect.com. You can also leave a message on our blog over at starwars.com or new message boards uh, into on our website. Uh, to become a partner or a sponsor, you can send an email to, to info at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is, after all, the best publicity uh, we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures, etc., etc., etc. I'll come back about the other thing later. Uh, we want to take a second take our sponsors, FederationToys.com, Sitland.net, our web host, Simple-Net.ca, Sci-Fi Podcast Network at TSFPN.com, our partners, the Star Wars Aficionado, PlanetFandom.com, Hail to the Fanboys and Girls, and also home to Track Wars of Furry Conflict Ultra Drama, which can also be found directly at FurryConflict.com. Anakin and his angel.com, nerf-order-anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors on the internet. Trek Wars, the furry conflict Ojo drama, Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Senate message boards, available at starwarswithaz.com, where you can also find starwarsfanworks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio. All these links and more are available straight on our website at www.swendirect.com. Well, remember all of our listeners to go vote for us on podcastalley.com. And we're going to come up with a system that makes it very a lot easier for you to go vote for us on Podcast Alley as opposed to you going to Podcast Alley then searching for uh, we're going to make it a lot easier we're going to direct you right to the site yeah and I want to I want to thanks all of you who actually you know made it possible for us to get a 5 star rating over at podspider.com I have no actual idea of what that means but I guess it's a good thing 5 stars rating you know that's, that's amazing yeah. and I'd like to thank the person that put uh, on uh, Podcast Alley, I was looking at the comments today, and somebody put, oh, very adult. Thank you. Thank you very much. Obviously, they don't listen during the breaks. No, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much for the nice comment. Uh, thank you very much for all those of you who actually leave some comments on our blogs over at StarWars.com. It's very nice to hear back from our listeners. And uh, actually, I'm going to ask a question. The uh, the nice folks over at Star Wars Action News uh came up with a very nice little system to know where their listeners were coming from and they, they used the Frapper maps and all that, so would you like us to put up a system as such and, you know, basically you, so you guys can just go register yourself over at Frapper and, you know, say, well, I come from uh, Detroit, Michigan, and I listen to Star Wars on Direct. Great show, you guys. And, and maybe James from Ireland will be able to find out if there are any other the, people from Ireland who yeah. have listened to the show. Uh, still, I mean, like, if you're in Dublin and 
and I mean Dublin, Ireland, and Dublin, Ohio. And if you're in Dublin, and you're listening to us. Uh, please give us signs of life. I mean, uh, we got a we got a friends of us uh, of ours over there, and he he feels alone. I'm sure there's more than one Star Wars fan in Dublin, Ireland. I just I'm still like flabbergasted by that. Well, maybe they just don't listen to Star Wars on direct. Yeah. You know, James. I think we're gonna have to get you some posters. It's like I'm a Star Wars fan or something. Or no, no, no. We'll just get them Star Wars on direct posters. <laughs> and you can plaster, around, plaster them around. All, all around the city and everything. We yeah. already have reception of the Frapper idea. Already in the chat. Thank you. This is why we keep the chat. Yeah. During the show. Thank you, Alvin. Because that's basically why... The, this show is about interaction with our listeners, so if you don't interact with us, it well, it's James not as sent interesting. Me a message, uh, no chance of Irish guys, maybe a chance of Irish girls. Hey, you never know. And I'd be very happy about that, too. <laughs> all right. So, for all the crew here, well, basically me and Brian, this is Sebastian saying, see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swonzerec.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.